Hello and welcome to episode number 301 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Who'd have thought it would ever happen? We're, we're back after 300. We made it. <laughs> yeah. We decided to keep going, didn't we? Have we kind of come to the conclusion at the end of 300 where it was like, well, it's been this good for this long. We may as well just keep going and yeah, just see how far you know. we can go. Now, now these are like, you know, this is like uh, bonus features yeah. of, a, of a Blu-ray. Like, yeah, you got we'll, 300. We'll, that's sorted. Yeah, yeah, that's the main feature. Now, now, we'll, now we'll see. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, we're back with the cinema horror, back where we belong, back what we always oh, yeah. want to do the most. Um, and yeah, we'll kind of talk about, well, I guess right at the start when we talk about the film, why we're seeing this now, because mm-hmm. we thought this would be coming out in a week or so. Um, so yeah, we'll be talking about that very shortly. Um, I've only got one news story this week, which is a oh, bit bizarre. No. Oh, um, no. I had to put it in here just to... Uh, oh, no get it off my chest and we'll we'll move we'll try and move swiftly on because i'm just not in a moany mood and this is i love that we're post 300 now because i can keep saying these hyperbolic statements like in the 300 episodes that we've done this podcast <laughs> this um, might be the worst news i think it is it's, it's the one that angers me the most truly yeah. um because it's just pathetic and it's 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 to do with our most you know anticipated movie of the year um which is jordan peele's nope and like we do we, we went to the cinema obviously to see black phone and what we, got we like to do we like to support these movies you know <laughs> the, the day they come out or if not earlier within the case of black phone get a little preview yeah and so we obviously we've seen this trailer consistently this year like it's crazy we've seen the nope trailer in front of every horror movie and Mm -hmm. a bunch of non-horror movies like we saw the trailer in front of top gun Um, yeah Um, and we saw it in front oh no that was top gun i was thinking another movie we saw but yeah we've seen it all the time and it's always had the same date it's always been july 22nd from the second he kind of announced that date up front it's always been attached to every single trailer and now that is noteworthy for us because when it comes to movies in our cinema 90 percent of the time they just don't put a date on it Mm, Um, i call specifically the black phone um never had a date on it um so we always kind of knew that it was coming now but every time we saw the trailer because we'd seen that a few times recently as well it always just said coming soon and that's always the mo and like say with stuff like men and with stuff like x smaller releases you know we never knew until the time um whereas this was one of those ones that just felt like a banker um but then lo and behold when the trailer ended for us uh, in this past weekend it had a different date on the end of it um oh, which n- nearly floored me um because it's now it does not say july 22nd anymore it says august 12th um which, as people will know, is a exactly three weeks after July 22nd. And so nice. we were kind of looking around and seeing, you know, is this some sort of worldwide delay? Seems like it's not. Seems like, for whatever reason, we are getting the classic shaft in um, in the form of the worst three-week delay we've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. Because not only for our own personal enjoyment because obviously this is a movie that we're dying to see but when you think about movies that are relying on you not knowing stuff oh. i don't i can't remember the last time like again this is no, like, this what, like cloverfield or something. that's what i was gonna say like mm. i remember cloverfield where it was like the whole point of that was that you didn't know anything about the film yeah. um and, and having such a nebulous title and barely showing anything in the trailers and just selling it on the names involved and like that's what jordan's done here he's like it's called nope it's out july 22nd it's got these three actors in it i barely want to show anything else i've mm-hmm. i've carefully crafted this trailer that clearly is lying to you guys about what this film is about um and so it's just 
it's the absolute worst. I'm going to try my absolute best to move on from this, um, try and put it to the back of my thoughts and just enjoy the movie. Um, it just means that for that three weeks, I'm basically going to be dead to the world in the form of social media. Yeah, those, um, three, on... those three weeks on the podcast, we will have zero news for you because we will not be looking online at all. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I was we certainly won't be looking on horror websites for three weeks because... You, yeah, you're 100% right. Because the thing is, like, you know, you think of something like Endgame when that came out. Mm. Marvel basically said, yeah, three weeks and you're good. Like mm. after three weeks, you can just spoil it. Like so, let alone the normal kind of culture online. Like uh, you know, it's going to be an absolute nightmare within three weeks of Nope coming out. Mm. Um, you know, uh, all it needs to say is like, oh, it's a movie within a movie. You yeah. Know, oh, they're in a giant biosphere. No, it is actually aliens. Like as soon as we know those, that that takes away so much of the question and intrigue. That we yeah, have you, going you in. Like, oh, Jordan Peele made a secret werewolf movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's that ruined. And meet within one word, like, say, it's so easy to spoil something like this when you, it could literally. And I said that jokingly on the podcast, but like, it, this movie is shrouded in so much secrecy that this literally could be a nightmare on Elm Street. Like, yeah. yes, it's ridiculous based upon what we know, but like, it could happen. Trust me. Like, like, pun intended, stranger things have happened. And yeah. so, and so we're going to not find that out are we in that three weeks right. if if jordan peele has secretly made a yeah. kind of a franchise film um we're gonna know that and, that, and that's just that just that just sucks and it, and it clearly could be something like that because you think like the woods you know mm-hmm. that they tried so hard to make that a, a thing and it, and it kind of broke down at the last minute you yeah know, it could easily happen with this like well, you know. they chose like you know like beforehand whereas yeah i think jordan he's clearly like he the studios behind him know that his like especially us so well at the cinema and i think they kind of trust and respect him and then like say they know that if they've got something that is maybe bigger than they're letting on then yeah within two weeks they'll t- they'll spill all there'll be a, an extra trailer yeah. that will be the spoiler yeah exactly it'll be the here's what this really is winky face and like oh, it just i can't believe of all the films like say if anything else this year if it was you, you could name it anything that would break my heart like robert eggers or rob zombie or any of these people ariasta like i can wait because i kind of know what i'm gonna get anyway whereas yeah. like you say the bit the best part of this is yes we're ridiculous excited because it's his third film but it's because of the unknown this is the biggest unknown in horror of, of since we've been doing the podcast easily um and it's yeah, and it it's could be so nothing. devastating like, we, we mm-hmm. could be sat there and it's nothing but like it's, oh, yeah, he could still it's, just it's, make a 10 out of 10 alien invasion yeah. movie like yeah, and it's still fantastic yeah it's probably the movie of the year like it's not not that would be my Mm. prediction but um yeah yeah, it's just like and like you say yeah for those three weeks whenever what we're covering it's going to be weird like i'm sure you're probably going to see a lot of west craven in there because we're going to need stuff to keep us busy that doesn't involve um (laughs) looking up new horror films and definitely looking up new horror news um don't expect this is a very good chance that we just pause the podcast for three weeks like you know that's what they're going to do yeah you know it's really? just like what else can we do well because yeah i'm just i'm going to disconnect my computer from the internet for three weeks like yeah. that is the only way i'm going to be able to avoid this like i'll be able to live in my own bubble in the real world people won't know how much i'm excited for this film and the um, thing in is, terms of the internet it's impossible like i know we sound super bitter and frustrated but it but it's absolutely ridiculous like we say it all the time like a three-week delay for a territory for just like 
if no reason. like explain it to us tell yeah. us why like that there is there is no reason that i can see that 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 causes this other than we're not big enough so they just they're just not fast like we're just irrelevant that's that's my feeling is that's that it's just like you- that's you the know? point, isn't it? It's like they're only missing out. Like I don't know what the gain is. Yeah. Like I would love to just know, and then I can be like, "Well, I feel shafted there, but at least I know why you did it." It just seems like feel... someone threw that date at a wall because it's been that date for the longest time. And this is, I believe, this is Universal. Nope, is kind of like the main distributor, is. which is that, which is the movie that we're seeing this week. And like Ooh. Universal are one of the biggest distributors in the world, and yeah. they don't do this. They don't just randomly. You know, like I say, with the smaller films, even with an A24, I'll, I'll allow it because they are tiny compared to these yeah. other tr- distributors. But, like, man, for them to just have a random... And, and like I say, in today's world, in 2022, this is an always online world where everyone is talking to everyone. The idea that, like, oh, a movie can come out in the biggest market in the world three weeks prior to us and we're supposed to just sit here and wait, like, it's it's disgusting. And, like, mm-hmm. like yeah, it just feels like such a slap in the face. And, like I say, they, it just shows you that they don't care about these smaller territories. It's like as long as this movie comes out in the states and then typically most movies if they come out in asia as well whereas i don't think this movie is going to particularly no. do well in asia so this is basically just 99 percent of the money of this movie yeah. is going to happen oh. in the states and that's what it feels like where they're like oh we got some more screens in america okay cool do we have enough copies of the film they're like well we could just take england <laughs> copies for three weeks that's fine and then when then when the buzz in america dies off yeah we'll ship them across at some fucking point. Like, that, that's what it feels like. I would um, love to know if because I just want to know. I hate the yeah. not knowing. Like, like yeah. I say, it just feels so... It feels, like, targeted. It feels like, haha, I know this will piss you off, therefore yeah, I'm doing like, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Super Horror Bros have been talking about it for a while. Fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah, it's just like... What, like, the only way this could have been worse is if it was another two weeks on top of it and it coincided with Fright Fest. Yeah, that would um, amazing. Which happen. <laughs> It could it could easily happen. Like I'm not getting excited in any way, shape, or form for August twelfth. Um, well, I've reverted back to to COVID times with movies now. I'm like I'm going to be excited for Nope when I'm in the cinema now. Like yeah, this is what it's done to us. This has given us the COVID yeah. PTSD yeah. of just killing our hype for movies. So yeah. I hope you guys are happy for that. I'm sure it'll have a great <laughs> effect on the podcast. Um, <laughs> Luckily, yeah. I'm confident that the movie, like, the second we get to see that movie, as long as we can get that unspoiled, like, mm. we'll forgive it instantly. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's not the movie's fault. And obviously, yeah. I reckon Jordan Peele is going to be the most upset about this because the yeah. idea that he has fans around the world. And I don't know what other territories have been screwed by this. I'm sure it's not just us. And it's like, man, that is, that's such a bummer because he knows mm. that he's like a you know he is one of these true auteurs that has fans around the world and he isn't just making this for a few of his friends in the states like he's making this for a global audience and yeah, exactly. yeah he must be be like wait why like tell me like i'd love to just know why and that, that's my biggest thing is that even if this does happen now i'd love to at least know why yeah. Yeah. um but i that's like the rare that's even rarer than not getting a delay is getting a delay yeah. and finding out why <laughs> well, i think that's because the answer is too obvious and and they can't they just don't want to say that Mm. Um, because I think we've just said what the answer is. Who knows? It's just, it's all so laughable, honestly. Mm. And I think in a different scenario, I would just laugh at it. But this is one of those times where, man, it really hurts. Like the feeling I had seeing that different date on the trailer. Mm. And then my hope and pray oh, was that it was. Yeah, yeah, then it was like, oh, please let it be global. Yeah. And, and the second it wasn't, I was just like, 
this is so unfortunate for this movie of everything. Like, I would give up so many different movies to just see this when everyone else does, only for yeah. the fact that I knew I wouldn't be getting it spoiled. Um, I would take a delay of every other cinema horror movie. We can watch every other cinema horror movie for the rest of the year, three weeks after, if we get this movie on time. Mm. Like... You're like, hmm, not sure. <laughs> no, because I'm I'm in a mental state where I'd say something even more stupid and be like, there there isn't there isn't a film I'm looking forward to more. Like, it doesn't no, matter about genre. No, that's true. But I'm just talking. Yeah, like, yeah, me too. Like, every movie this year, Thor. We can yeah. let's get a three week delay of Thor, and we can just have that spoil online. Like, fine, whatever. Like, of course, it's on TV, so they can't hit. They can't hit me with the Star Wars delay. So there's not. There's nothing you guys can do to hurt me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've had everything I wanted last year. I got Spider Man. I got Matrix. Like, oh, yeah. unless there was like a Tarantino movie coming out, which that's not going to happen anytime soon. Like, there's no way Disney they can hurt me. Turn around and go. Oh yeah, you know that final episode of Obi Wan? Yeah, we're dropping it three <laughs> weeks later. <laughs> yeah, don't say that. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's the one news story this week. That movie that we got to see early because we're such little bitches about delays. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that shortly. I will just very briefly say, um, just as a reminder, we, uh, we announced the giveaway last week. Um, which is kind of open now for, until the end of the month. And so, yeah, um, it's an amazing giveaway sponsored by Sean, our listener in the States. Um, it, it's for people in the UK and the US. If you want to get your hands on some amazing Blu-rays and 4Ks, inclu- including Malignant on 4K, uh, The Northman on 4K, Ty West X. Like, these are obviously movies that only just came out this year, um, as well as the f- whole first season of Chucky as well, the amazing Chucky on Blu-ray. Um all you have to do is just leave us a review on any podcast platform whatsoever and then just kind of forward it, forward that to us via email or Twitter or any of our sort of social platforms and just let us know like, hey, here's my review and then I'll just know that it's you who left it and you'll be entered into the giveaway. Um, it's as simple as that. And yeah, get your hands on some lovely uh, brand new Blu-rays. Um, get to watch some of the best horror stuff and yeah, the movies that weren't delayed yeah. that came out on time and were fantastic. And yeah, exactly. and as you said last week, we're on pretty much every podcast platform. So if you've given us a review mm-hmm. before because you like the show, fantastic. And you can give us one on a different uh, podcast platform to enter the giveaway. Exactly. The, the main ones are Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but we're on Deezer, Stitcher, I think Google Play or Podcasts. There's there's so many. If you if you Google our name, it comes up on literally everything. Um, so, yeah. Uh, shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about The Black Phone. So yeah, like we were sort of saying earlier, um, this one's technically not out yet. How about that? After after our <laughs> after our uh, preamble, <laughs> isn't that ironic? Don't you think? Um, it's so ironic, man! It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I would I would trade a million black phones for <laughs> nope. But let's move on. Um, but yeah, this was a movie that we were looking forward to, and it's it's a weird one specifically for us. Um, yeah. Because this is based upon a short story by one Mr. Joe Hill, um, mm-hmm. which kind of long-time listeners will know we are massive fans of Joe Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we talked all about Nosferatu, the TV show, and the reason why we were so excited for that TV show is that we'd both read the book. Um, it's by far my favorite horror no- novel I've ever read, Nosferatu. Um, and then kind of off the back of that, I read a lot of his different stuff. I read The Heart-Shaped Box, um, I think another uh, feature-length one. But then also, he's mas- mostly does a lot of short That's stories. Of shorts, 
and I think he has two, maybe three collections of short stories. And I remember, yeah, this was the first one. Mm-hmm. I believe this was in uh, 20th Century Ghosts, um, where, yeah, he kind of had a bunch of different short stories. And this was just randomly one of them. And I remember at the time it was like, oh, this is cool. You know, much like a lot of Hill stuff, you know, for people that don't know, he is Stephen King's son. And for me, he's kind of, he takes what King the groundwork of a king story and he just has this different flavor to it and different twists that i personally really like and i've definitely vibed with it a lot over the years um and the black phone has that you know it has all those those elements and so yeah it was always like a cool little fun thing um with a very unique thing involving the said black phone and that that was kind of it really and then kind of forgot about it along with a lot of the other short stories that at this point i can't even remember but they were all very good i think that's Um, the thing like so many of them landed but you just mm -hmm. because you know short stories you know you normally get what about three or four a book i guess oh there was there was way more in 20th century ghosts i can't remember now was there more yeah maybe yeah Yeah. the other one he did only had four but this one had about 20 yeah the one the other one had more didn't it they were they were kind of more like um novellas kind of you know one of them was basically a novella because it was like half the book it was crazy the one the one about shooting um but yeah this one this one had about 20 different uh stories in it um and yeah, obviously, so then we kind of heard, that, oh, okay, they're actually making this into a feature film. That's interesting, because I I'd never thought that when I first read the story. It never spoke to me as like, oh, this will make a great feature-length horror film. Um, and so obviously, they've clearly expanded upon it. And then I guess it's more interesting is that this does have kind of a, a, a name attached to it um, in the form of Scott Derrickson, the director, who... Mm-hmm kind of for horror fans easily he's done a lot of stuff like it's i think we spoke before in the news when we both discovered that he had directed a hellraiser movie 20 years ago um hellraiser inferno that little gem um but uh he's done uh, multiple different things kind of the exorcism of emily rose is definitely a movie Mm. that i know a lot of people do like as well i'm not really a fan of it because i don't really like most exorcism stuff um but sinister is clearly i remember at the time 2005 Mm. you have to think that was pretty conjuring oh yeah Um, 2005 as well yeah i like that movie um but obviously yeah sinister is his big horror Mm. hit like universally kind of loved by critics and fans did very well at the cinema as well yeah three million dollar budget it made nine close to 90 million um huge huge story and that was basically why he did a couple of other small things but then yeah he did doctor strange as like his big breakout and then obviously i think we already talked about that like he was doing the sequel then he dropped out and uh i'm really glad he did because uh I, i love sam raimi and i love what he did with the sequel and so he was like screw it i'm gonna go back to i guess my roots and make a small little horror movie and this was uh, kind of what he was drawn to um so i do like that i think it's a very interesting backstory to this movie it's not just like oh it's a cinema horror then we went to see it like there is multiple different levels it's of engagement onion. it's an onion of a movie mm. review yeah exactly i learned the fact that as well starring ethan hawk who's uh always a yeah. delight to see and, and like so he was a standout in, in sinister always a joy for sure um i need to because i haven't even watched moon knight yet so i know he's in that so uh, i'll oh, be right. seeing more of him soon i've not started any of it now all oh, right yeah yeah that's, that's what i was referencing okay. <laughs> <laughs> um but but yeah i guess kind of um you know the the full kind of movie version of the black phone because i think as we both said we've we've both um uh, read the book but or the short but can't really remember it like massively apart from the overall synopsis so it's hard so we won't be kind of going no. into a massive comparison over the two but um i read, I read that pre-podcast so that was probably yeah, seven or eight years ago when i read that <laughs> yeah it was either pre-podcast or very early podcast mm. for me as well so 
but basically we meet our kind of two young lead characters Finney and Gwen who are um, brother and sister their uh, father is kind of like this abusive uh, solo parent drunk and it's those two kind of surviving looking out for each other and we kind of join them in the midst of um, there being this uh, what he's called the grabber isn't he yeah um, the grabber who is this child kind of um, kidnapper and and kind of when we the opening scenes of the movie kind of shows a couple of the victims being caught and just kind of we don't we don't see anything other than them being abducted in the opening kind of scenes of the movie but we kind of see a couple of kids getting abducted and learn about he is you know he is called the grabber and at this point i think it's about six is it that he's kidnapped yeah and kind of you know we, we get to see that as we start to see kind of finn and, and kind of you know his relationship with his sister his dad his friends and bullies and kind of you know get introduced to him as a person um you know uh, and, and way more than you would in kind of a very short story and then kind of you know we then we then kind of get to the point of what we know about really with the trailers and everything that finn is kidnapped by the grabber and um the you know ethan hawk plays the grabber and he's very kind of um, you know, got a very distinct look kind of, it's all over the posters, this kind of mm. top hat with this kind of skeletal mask, kind of very reminiscent of the clown from uh, uh, American Horror Story, that kind of big, like toothy grin, obviously Joker-esque, you know, kind of all of these different things and kind of um, he, um, the mask is really cool as well. Like as we delve into the movie, we kind of learn that it kind of, he can have different versions of the mask almost. It's like mm. full mask, partial mask, and all of them look pretty cool and kind of work well and, and give us more or less Ethan Hawke, but but part, you know, more or less of the mask, which is pretty cool. Made um, by uh, Tom Savini's team as well. Is it really? It doesn't surprise me. It's, <laughs> it's an amazing mask. Um, and, uh, and yeah, basically he has Finn kidnapped and kind of... Um, as as he's kidnapped in this kind of basement where there's kind of nothing, just a bed and a phone, a disconnected phone and a toilet, um, this disconnected phone starts to ring and um, Finn starts to receive calls from the previous kidnapped kids, um, kind of, you know, trying to tell him of their experiences and, and seemingly trying to help him escape the grabber before he becomes the next victim. Mm. Um and and yeah, I think um, you know that's what I remember from the from the short. Really, I yeah. just remember kind of the the boy being held captive, the phone ringing, and the the kind of children communicating with him through this disconnected phone. Yeah, I completely agree. It was okay. There's this weird phone dynamic that Ooh. that's clearly where there's like this mix of sci-fi with horror, and then yeah, this kind of character dubbed the grabber, Ooh. which is classic kind of i guess king but then just joe hill has so many of these characters over the years i've got kind of nosferatu and stuff where it's like you just remember these names of these characters don't you um yeah and, and they just the, they're iconic on the pages before you even get mm. a visualization on screen yeah. yeah and i think i think that's how i felt with this one you know going into it already um but but yeah i mean um like Con- considering like the uh the disappointment we had going into this movie with our opening trailers i was kind of you know not in a great mood at the start of this movie and uh, but i actually i had a really great time watching this movie when all said and done i think um 
you know, I, I really uh, jived with with all of the characters. I think kind of the only the only character that that is that I didn't like in this movie is the dad. I think he's the biggest disappointment, really. That um, that there's no real reason for his story arc. There's no, I, I don't want him to have anything good. He's just a horrible person at the start of the movie, and he doesn't really do anything to redeem himself to be a less horrible person by the end of it. Um, and I, I think just as a quick thing, we'll add to that as well, is because it it does take away from the ending slightly having that character. I feel like because it, I yeah, the ending yeah. is almost kind of like okay. Like well, we we yeah, might get to that. Yeah, I don't right, say too much, right, more, but like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. he he's a character that by his own existence in the movie kind of dampens the ending in a way that yeah, you it's like when, yeah, you we don't want you to have an involvement because you're a piece no. of shit basically. Like yeah. if you're in the end and it's not great, um, mm. you know. Um, but but yeah, uh, but Finn and Finn and Gwen like it is Gwen, isn't it? I think uh, I think it's Gwen. Anyway, I was, I was thinking um, it was uh, me and Luke. <laughs> um don't even start mate don't even start that's why i thought i'd go first because i know what you're bringing up um, first of all you brought it up in our conversations i did, I did bring it up i did bring it up there's no way i planted that seed you were thinking it beforehand well i'm always thinking about psycho gore man like you're always thinking about terminator 2 this is how our brains work you are correct but certainly this this movie with finn and gwen has massive psycho gorman vibes because they're both you know especially gwen she's very outspoken and she's very you know she will she will swear in police officers faces and mm. call them out and she sticks up for her brother she is a badass and it is very reminiscent of 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 um psycho gorman i mm. i laughed and said to you it's almost like someone read uh the black phone and was like that is an awesome short but how do we extend this and someone was like well, I saw this cool horror movie that no one else has seen. Why don't we have this cool brother and sister dynamic? And the, the sister's a bit of a badass. And they're like, that is brilliant. That is brilliant. Let's watch, let's watch PG right now. Um, well, I would love to think that that's the influence that PG's already having on the overall horror genre. I'm, I'm so, yeah, I'm just going to believe that that's true. This is the first post-PG horror movie that I've seen that, that's like, <laughs> you know, the influence is clearly there. You know, we, we've seen it for years with, like, Nightmare on Elm Streets and Halloween and whatever. <laughs> and, <laughs> bro, bro, you I just didn't sell me my whole argument. I didn't even need I to was, say anything. I was saying that with a straight face until you started laughing. I was going to I was gonna really sell that point for you. <laughs> no, carry on, carry on. I'm good. I'm done there. So, but, but yeah, I I really enjoyed their their dynamic, kind of, um, and and you know, and then in particular, kind of the grabber and kind of Finn's kind of um, interactions. Um, all of them, like we, we've seen Ethan Hawke be amazing for years, but I think kind of it doesn't mean we shouldn't say that like it was a really you know great kind of villain that he he brought across. And um, and then obviously when we get into the phone and kind of the the all of the conversations with the children i think you know they they all worked i love the whole kind of um <clears throat> you know I, I don't think this is spoilers that that finn is clearly trying to escape the room he's held captive in mm. and, and i thought it was great that the, the, these phone calls gave him different kind of ideas and it was almost like well i got i made some progress doing this like you could give that a go, or at least you know I made some progress doing this. That might help. And it was like it, it almost felt like an escape room, where mm. he was just, just like getting these little hints every now and then, and was like, "Oh yeah, like okay, like yeah, I've got a toilet seat. Can I do something with that?" You know, and like all these different things. And it was like uh, I I enjoyed like most of those things, and then kind of 
you know when when it was all said and done i i was i was just pretty satisfied throughout like i had i had a really fun time with this movie and yeah i i don't have too much criticism really other than like i say i didn't like the dad character but other than that i enjoyed most of what we saw story-wise i enjoyed most of the characters i enjoyed the villain i think this movie with the um Again, I, I don't think this is spoilery when I say kind of ghosts and, and that side of thing or kind of, you know, the, the other children like that. Uh, that stuff worked for me. I think they uh, they they got me with a couple of the jump scares, um, which is rare. And it's all I was almost like pissed off when they got got me. But then I was like, oh, I've actually I've been got with one. That's good. Like it <laughs> hasn't ha- that doesn't happen all the time. And they did get me in this movie. And um, so I felt like they were effective. It looked good, like when we saw some of the effects and kind of horror in this. So, so for me, yeah, it was, it's it's pretty much a thumbs up all around. I had I had a really good time. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the um the escape room thing because yeah, this is just like the most terrifying escape room that like a yeah. child could possibly do, and it it makes me realize as well. Like it's funny how escape rooms kind of they've really taken off. I guess post the peak popularity of Saw, mm. because that feels like like I'm sure there is, I'm sure it does exist in some capacity. But obviously, when Saw was at its like megaton, when it was every year and it was killing it at the box office, they did multiple video games. They had roller coasters. They had so many different tie-ins to Saw. And I think yeah, now with the popularity of escape rooms, like oh, could you imagine them like recording it and having like you say yeah. the you know his voice recorded oh, specifically yeah, for an escape yeah. room? Like it would oh god, it'd be so good. And that's just a weird mm. tangent like that that just writes itself like mm. and, and, and like so i feel like in a different era if the errors had lined if if saw's popularity happened like eight years later than it did i'm sure that we would have got like the sickest escape room ever mm. um but anyway let's talk about this film i'm sure um, america do but we don't or we'll get it in three weeks time don't worry about it <laughs> free if, if only um maybe three years on stuff like that um but yeah it's um i really like the film it is really really good um i think I almost want to just start straight away with a, a weird kind of comparison in, in, in a movie that we saw last year. Um, I'm going to compare it to PG. <laughs> <laughs> was that, that was last year as well, wasn't it? Oh, that's funny. Oh, God. <laughs> I really thought uh, you were doing it again with a straight face. I, I thought you were doing the double play. <laughs> it's a uh, psycho. No, um, <laughs> No, it's a movie that we haven't really spoken about much since we saw it, which was um, Antlers, where it was like, I I thought Antlers was like an tremendously well-made film that I just didn't have any sort of emotional attachment to. And I... I bring that up just because I do like this film and I and I did enjoy it, but I feel like I didn't enjoy it as much as how good it is. Um, right. Because I do think that it's it, there isn't really anything about this movie that sucks. No. Um, it's got a really interesting story. I think the pacing is fantastic for what this is, um, which is mostly set in one room. And I think they do a ju- good job of keeping that entertaining and, and kind of the t- tense throughout. And, and you're never bored. Like, it's a really just well made for and then like say the the young uh, actors are very good i think Ooh. ethan hawk definitely steals the show um and i think it's someone that we just haven't seen too much of really someone who is like it's a big name actor who's not afraid to play like a child murderer and Ooh. kind of and like i say it is almost joker-esque and like he's he knows he's this vile human being and he's really leaning into it and you can see like as an <clears> actor <throat> he's just loosened up so much and he's like no i'm really gonna embody this and like i'm not 
already going to think about maybe like like i think with something like joker making so much money and having such a big name actor doing it and and obviously there's been so many different movies over the years but like Mm. it's kind of like freed up a lot of actors where before you wouldn't want to be the guy who's like oh you played a child murderer like you're never going to be cast in a disney project now and it's like yeah you're never going to be the dad in a disney movie again yeah whereas like ethan kind of proved that like well you can do that within a few months of each other and Mm. So I think that's very, very awesome for him to do anyway. And, and yeah, he absolutely nailed it. And then, yeah, it's just a very good film. I think, I guess if I was being very critical and at least trying to kind of hanker down why I wasn't in love with it, um, I don't think the horror is that great. Like, I think the characters are really good and the tension is fantastic. Um, for me, the jump scares didn't work in the slightest. Um, and that's just funny because it just shows you how, like, it really does just vary from person jumps. to person. Yeah, exactly. It's just where um, it gets you in the moment. And it's funny because I was excited specifically for that element in a way that I never am for any other films, purely because of the director. Because I still remember the exact jump scare that destroyed me in Sinister, um, to the point where I had to pause the movie, because that that is like one of the worst I've ever been got in a film. Um, just never saw it come in, and it was like mine, like it was such like a casual scene with Ethan, just like I think he was looking at some photos or something, and it was like the way it came out of nowhere, like I jumped out of my skin like when that happened and i still remember that and i give and i like and i love it so much because yeah. it did that um and yeah like even like movies like the conjuring that i think are obviously way better films like they've never had that one moment that got me as good as that one moment in sinister did and mm. so i kind of hoped and and with knowing a little bit about what this movie was knowing it was going to be a lot of one character talking on his own in a room knowing that these kind of like apparitions can mm. appear at any time i knew that there was great ground there for a, a really good jump scare and i was left disappointed because i was like none of them remotely got me i kind of i felt like i knew exactly when it was going to happen every single time um and then yeah outside of that it just there isn't that much horror for i guess it's difficult for a movie that what this is about because they they just can't show stuff because it's impossible yeah. to show stuff and do it tamely or you do you know what i mean it's like you either don't show anything which is what this film does or you show stuff and you're probably never going to be put in the cinema um because it's very young children as is the primary oh, suspects of this killer weird what the rule is though because mm. like you know they 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 don't show any of the previous kind of you know kills or anything like that but you do see them like what happened to them you know you Mm. get some quite you do get some quite graphic kind of imagery there like Mm. the one that's kind of floating in particular i think is you know fairly fairly graphic you know very graphic and i think especially it being a, a pretty young child and i think like you know they can do that but they can't actually show it happening it's weird because you are right that there's you know in terms of the actual cat and mouse the only cat and mouse we get is between our our lead kind of finn and and the grabber and obviously you know the, the other ones before you just see the kidnapping and then you see post yeah, well, think about those those stabbing sequences in X earlier this year, yeah, and God. it's like imagine doing that, but just with children. Like you, that never gets in the cinema. <laughs> like yeah. that prob- that movie probably yeah. gets banned. Um, so no, I mean, but those stabbing sequences shouldn't get in the cinema anyway. <laughs> oh God, it was so <laughs> fucking so good. Glad. Um, yeah but yeah so it's like so there is like little things that kind of i think that's where i'm just just looking for reasons because ultimately i left the movie really satisfied and i do think it pretty much delivered on 
what I thought this could ever be as a theatrical release, which was a really cool short story that, yeah, had this like cool little dynamic of, okay, he's listening to these, these victims through the phone and they're trying to help him because, because, you know, that's all they can do from where they are at this point as well mixed with this cool killer. And the movie delivered all those aspects of it. So it's like, I don't really know. I feel like this is just one of those cases of, um, I, I guess knowing a bit about kind of how the source was made, maybe, doesn't help me like i want if i didn't know anything about this movie maybe i would judge it differently because it felt very obvious that this was an expanded short story and obviously we know that because we have that prior knowledge so i want you know what i mean it's like would we have felt that way i would would this yeah. have been a movie that we watched and then afterwards looking up and being like oh that makes sense that it's based upon a short story do you know what i mean i think that's one where actually for me coming out of it it was, I thought to myself, this is one of the best adaptations of a short story I've seen where it mm. kind of, you know, I feel like the the opening when we have kind of Finn and his sister and kind of like the whole school stuff and all of that, it feels like, as we know that this is a, a, a short story adapted, like looking at that, I'm like, oh yeah, they, they've added a lot of filler in there. But actually in the moment when I was watching it, I was enjoying like a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah. and, and I kind of, you know, I like the dynamic, like I say, the only character that feels like it was added and, and didn't add anything to me was the father. And like, but, but even then it was only in, in the opening scenes, he served a purpose. He served the purpose mm. of being a piece of shit. Like, it's just that he never has, you know, there's nothing else after that. But, um, yeah, I, I personally felt like it, it was a, a um, um, you know, a, a good, you know, stretch of a, a very short story and did a good job of making it into something that to me was a worthwhile feature. Whereas, you know, we've seen what was it lights out is the prime mm. example of yeah. like, Oh no, no, that, that should have been a short and stayed a short. Oh yeah. This is nowhere near that level of mm. like you say, egregiousness. Cause yeah, I, I liked all the things they added. And I will say in regards to the kind of the dad character, he did give us, I think the best moment of horror in the whole film. Um, because they're like, there's a scene that's just so uncomfortable to watch yeah. and like, it really um, is just awful. And like my hands are sweating and I just wanted it to be over. And that's kind of like really good horror. Cause I was like, I was really uncomfortable. I was getting no enjoyment from it. I was like, I just want this to be over. And I think the, portrayal from all three of the kind of actors in that scene they just knocked out of the park it was really uncomfortable and it is i guess that's kind of like weird that the most uncomfortable i felt throughout the whole movie wasn't involving yeah, the, wasn't cool... in the presence of the grabber yeah it wasn't involving the guy who kills children and is also a very kind of charismatic entertaining um character um Ooh. so yeah that's i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing um but it's but it's a thing it's a um thing. And but yeah, it's it is a I, like I said, I do really like this film, and I think one of the other things I will say that that is a small mark against it for me is that um, the the other cinema horror movies that have landed this year, um, which I do put this in that category, no question about it they felt like they really deserved to be seen on the big screen. Um, I feel like so much of my enjoyment was because I saw that horror film on the big screen. And I feel like with this film, it's a very good horror film that I think I would have had the exact same level of enjoyment if it was on Netflix. Um, I don't think there was a single sequence that I was like, I'm glad I'm seeing this on the big screen. I'm glad I'm seeing this in a loud, you know, cinema. Um, yeah. And again, it's like, that's a weird thing because obviously not every film is catered to that. But I think that's that almost is like a weird 2022 coincidence and that's also something that wouldn't have been a problem had we seen this in january either Mm. (laughs) it's one of the things where you think of a movie like x for example Mm. 
going into that, there shouldn't be a good reason to see that on the big screen because it's a very yeah. indie movie in a very singular location. Mm-hmm. But you have Ty West that it, it can just create some fantastic cinema cinema photography, and you have this um, uh, uh, the, the the brutality of of like you say that kill and everything else and multiple kills in that movie that are just like man, you don't see stuff like this on the big screen often. Mm. Where, and so that's why it then kind of earned its stripes to be like, oh, yeah, this is a must-watch on a big screen. Whereas, yeah, with this one, it's like, yeah, it, it's just in a singular location. It, you know, this is this is certainly a movie where if people got scared of calling their movie a horror movie, they could easily call this a thriller, and, you know, it's fine. Like, they're like, yeah, okay, call this a thriller. And that's not horror. That's fine. You know, cut out cut out that one scene with the dad and be like, nah, nah, like it's, you know, obviously there's children involved and stuff, but yeah, the Stranger Things audience, or to be fair, Stranger Things is pretty hardcore these days, but you know, oh yeah, the, the, the you know, the, the, the thriller audience can watch this and it's fine. They'll, they'll like it. Don't worry. Yeah. And I think that's the thing as well is like, it's not all of the, the elements of this that make it good that almost none of it is to do with how this film looks like mm. the movie just looks good and it is well directed. Um, but there isn't any, like I say it's, and it's almost impossible. Like I would love to get like, like uh, Robert Eggers and his cinematographer <laughs> to sit down and, and, and film these scenes, which are basically just a kid talking to nobody on a phone yeah. in a dark room and try and somehow make that look gorgeous. And I, and I some I imagine they somehow would, but it's like, I don't blame these guys for not doing it because yeah. they're not who, what I consider the best in the world at it. They're just very, very, very good at it. And I thought those scenes looked fine. It's like, I will say that I'm only having that problem now in terms of thinking about it. Like, you know how I have such a problem with things shot in the dark constantly, whereas I didn't notice that in the moment. So it definitely was lit competently enough that it wasn't like, oh, for fuck's sake, someone turn a light on. Like, I never felt that watching the film. No, Um, you know, the the book said it was an empty room with a bed and a toilet and it was an empty room with a bed and a toilet, you know, and you could see it fine. And um, it it did did the job. But yeah, yeah, you know, that that's, you know, I guess I guess that's all. But like, you know, it, yeah, it, is that really a, a problem, I guess? And it's like, well, it's not a problem. It's just that it's not then done to a level that, you know, is worth, you know, gushing over. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's where we're in the category of now we're just having to go at the movie for things it didn't do. And it's like, well, that's <laughs> yeah. not what this film is. Like, this film is just about a very limited story and scope. But what they did, they delivered on. And it was very, mm. you know, good at that. Um, so, yeah, any sort of uh, closing thoughts before we get to recommendations on the Black Phone? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think for for me as well that, like, I... I really, I really did enjoy the lead. I think kind of Finn was was really good. I think it was his character is a really interesting character, and I really think the actor um, did a great job of just uh, a lot of different things. You know, you kind of, mm. I think often you kind of can get these movies where you know he is the bully and the victim at the end, and it's like you can either play that or you can play the kind of more, the stronger person at the end when you're kind of getting your redemption you know and i think kind of he did it all really well and i think um you know the dialogue and and him and the sister i think um kind of did a really great job of delivering that dialogue in a way that isn't i don't know just sometimes it can come across without the weight because you know after all they are child actors that are, that are still learning the trade you know i don't think that's a disrespect and i think it's kind of you know, but but some you know you get some you get some at times where they can really deliver at a super early age, and I think both of these did where where they just 
they felt correct. They 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 landed and and they really you know delivered on that level. Um, and and so I really did enjoy uh, you know both of those lead characters, which you know uh, I'll, I'll be the one that keep keeps hankering back to kind of PG, but also like Stranger Things and everything else. Like when we watch these great uh, things with a young cast, you know, it a few years ago you know, you needed that young cast to be exquisite for it to deliver. And I think these two were very incredibly good as well. And I think, you know, we've, we've, we've spoken about it over the years with the podcast that in recent years, you almost get like fatigued with it where you're like, Oh yeah, they're just incredible young actors. But like, I, I really do think that you have to still sometimes just stop and say, wow, hang on a second. Like they're really good. And, and for that age, it's, it's really impressive. No, I, I'd completely agree with that. And I think especially like the, the guy who plays Finn, um, his name is Mason, uh, Mason Thames, I believe. And yeah, like yeah. he's barely done anything, you know, like he's done a few shorts and a few little bit parts on TV, but like, this seems like this is his first basically, you know, major role. And like, he is the, by far the lead character. And also I've talked before on the show about how, when you've got, for example, he's mostly talking on a phone and and i've said before mm. that like that to me is one of the hardest things to, and, and you have to give credit to scott the director because clearly he's like injecting energy on the set and making it feel like it, the story is jumping off the page but it's like that is so hard to get across all these different levels of emotions when you don't mm. have like physical actors to go back and forth like on and that he just doesn't have for a majority of this movie and so yeah he was absolutely incredible and we, we obviously won't talk about the ending but i think the ending is awesome I think outside yeah. of the appearance of the dad character, which is a bit of a damper, I think that it's it's the end of the movie, like, desperately needed. And I, I can't really remember how the short story ended at all. Um, mm -hmm. And so when I was watching the film, I was very invested, like, oh, I can't remember how this ends, so I'm excited to see what happens. So I can't even remotely talk about, not that I want to, because I don't want to spoil it, but I can't even talk about if this is a new ending or exactly the same, because I literally don't remember. But the ending's fantastic it, it was just so exciting i was like oh okay oh and it had genuine cool twists and turns i was like oh this is fantastic and it's it's such a good satisfying ending to a horror movie which like i say we, we talk a lot about oh this is a really good movie and they may be fucked up on the last hurdle I, I don't think that's the case here at all i think they absolutely nailed it and people will walk out of it being really satisfied specifically because of how yeah. good the finale is um but yeah, I guess going into uh, recommendations, uh, what would your recommendation be for this one? Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely recommend it. I think um, uh, you know what what you were saying. I think is 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 valid. The um, it, it's not necessarily like you know you have to rush out and see it at the cinemas, but I do think this is a, a high recommendation. And and why not see it at the cinema? There's not there's not a better horror out right now to watch um and because yeah I, I really enjoyed it and don't have a lot of negative things to say about this one I, I really i really thought they delivered yeah i completely agree it's a great horror movie it's, you should definitely see it um because it's worth watching and i think they it, it, it will this one will like this one does cater to horror fans i think we talk about that a lot of like well, who is this really mm -hmm. for and i think this is one of those rare ones that i think this will tick a lot of boxes for both the hardcore and the casual audience um and so yeah. i think for that reason alone definitely watch it because also it's great and yeah it's only a small caveat that yes this doesn't feel as impactful on the big screen like the big heavy hitters of this year but i also feel like i can't remember the last time we had so many great horror movies that felt like they deserve mm. to be on the big screen and like i can think of like four off the top of my head this year and that is yet yeah, let alone what we've still got to come and so like that's 
kind of crazy and like say if this came out when it should have done in january that wouldn't have even been a concern it would have been like oh this is one of the first movies to kick off the year that was great you know we wouldn't have had the mind-blown visuals of the northman or the crazy violence on the big screen of x you know like so yeah it's that is a very very small caveat and i think once all movies are kind of equal and you can see them regardless and this is just a, a no-brainer that people should watch this for sure um but yeah that was our discussion on the black phone uh, where we take a quick break and we will be right back So yeah, that is uh, pretty much it for another week after our, our first episode after 300. We, we made it. We did it. We're officially in the and I'm one now, which is just weird. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but yeah, Feels like we're starting again. I know, it is very, very odd. Um, but yeah, we've still got some exciting stuff to look forward to. Obviously, we mentioned last week that we were going to see Dashcam um, because we thought mm-hmm. we'd be seeing Blackphone this week. But obviously, yeah, we, this is technically this will be out like when the podcast goes live pretty much the same day um and yeah to my knowledge it seems like i can't think of a cinema horror that we have now until nope um which is obviously very very far away um so we're back in the uh the back in the old on demands but obviously yeah we have films that we want to see i was gonna say yeah we will be getting to that very quickly like we have dash cam mostly for sure Mm -hmm. and then we have a couple of other decent looking ones um there was that movie hatch that was on your um list at the start of the year we've got oh, yeah. that um and a few others and then obviously within like i think we've only got two more weeks until stranger things um so obviously we'll be doing that straight away as well and then yeah i think kind of post stranger things when we're in like mid-july you know start of july when we would have been getting excited for jordan peele that's mm. when we're like right here comes the filler episodes um <laughs> and we'll be getting uh what was it people under the stairs and then i'm gonna have to very quickly watch a shit ton of uh, nightmare on Elm street films <laughs> i was gonna say you should really start bro like, <laughs> i will you you're, you're 100 not delivering on this promise i'm telling you that now for the record i don't think i promised for starters yeah, yeah. And, here we go look, look guys here we go already and, like and for a second just in case people don't know i have seen these films i'm not like rushing through to watch them like i've trust me i've seen all the nightmare street films it's just i want to watch them again prior to watching new nightmare um because i want them to be fresh i've seen i've seen it's just freddy and he says like welcome to prime time bitch and all that stuff i remember yeah, okay you've seen one of them. there's like he's like a dog in one of them i've seen like an action figure based upon that it's pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> i love that you you tried to say you'd seen the movie and then you told us where you got that reference from. damn it i could have played that off <laughs> yeah I, I, I just really like that action figure um how um how, how far are you on your stranger things part of, uh season four part one rewatch <laughs> the thing is uh, i'm assuming you're probably about midway through season two because you're probably watching it right from the start um uh, i'm i'm not but i am on episode three of season four are you actually you're yeah. a psycho um no i'm not gonna i'm i'm, I'm so just good, waiting to so enjoy it. like I, I just can't wait i'm i'm so 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 ex- like i'm definitely more excited for these two than i were for the first seven in a weird way um i, I don't know i don't even know because i think it's just because obviously i didn't rewatch it so like i'm i'm now i'm kind of yeah. invested i and it it's 
it's easy to forget how lovable these characters are like we obviously spoke about it a lot last week but like these are i think only lost for me rivals like iconic characters that i absolutely love love. um and it's like they're just so precious to me i believe this is the first time we brought up lost yeah um (laughs) but um i think i i did want to touch upon though like re-watching this and um like how strong it is in a rewatch because i almost feel like the first episode i didn't appreciate as much when i first watched it because you're so excited you're all giddy like where's everyone what's going on and you can't absorb it all because you're just like give me joyce give me give me l give me hopper give me everyone and you're just trying to like you know inject it into your eyeballs whereas this time i could like take a step back and and i could enjoy like seeing steve in the video shop and and you know seeing dustin get his grade change and all of these moments that just kind of it was happening, but I was also like half like wanting to skip to see what happens next, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, so certainly like it, it, it's only gotten stronger as I've started to rewatch the, 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 the season that's been so far, um, which is fantastic. I, I love your commitment to it. I'm, I'm so glad that you're rewatching it. Like it's, <laughs> it's absolutely insane because you basically just finished it and then just started watching it again. Um, yeah, the, commi- the commitment is next level. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but also I did, I did touch upon it in 300 and I did want to touch base on it a little bit more on that. I did rewatch Scream mm. and um, I think that, as well because you said how you kind of felt no different yeah I, I felt exactly the same um and i felt very different because i i almost felt like what way? my well it was almost like my feelings from the first watch of it were then portrayed by some of the 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 meta kind of things that they were talking about and the the, the kind of conversation on fandom and everything else mm. and kind of when that happened it it made me kind of dig the movie more where it was like it knew what I was going to be thinking and it kind of played into that. And I I just kind of like, you know, again with scream, like when you first watch a scream movie, the everything is on who the killer is. And with this movie, the killer didn't deliver. And, but you know, that's the first watch. And then when I'm watching it, you know, the other times, yeah, they're not giving me kind of, you know, the vibe that I, um, you know, they're not Billy Loomis, mm. like, you know, watching it on a, on a re on a rewatch, but well, I'm like, any of the other free screen films. Yeah. But I'm, I, it doesn't, it doesn't irk me. I'm just like, no, it doesn't okay. irk me either. No. And, and, it, and it's almost like they make sense for this movie and the message. They do. And I, what I will say um, is on a rewatch, I definitely picked up more on like the, there are so many cool little clues in there and it, it definitely makes it yeah. more satisfying when you get the reveal, but they're still my least mm. favorite characters in the movie by far. Um, but, but, but yeah, I don't know. There was just something about it that really landed with all the conversations about like the sequel remake and what we should do and fandom. And, and like, like we said, kind of like, you know, this whole kind of conversation that goes around toxic fandom and all of that stuff and how they kind of really, you know, poke fun at that uh, towards the end as well. And I just kind of, like I said, I, I feel like a lot of it delivered second time round. And then, you know, the actual uh, Scream side of it, the Scream movie, the horror side of it, you know, there were some great kills, there were some great ghost face and, and everything else. And I kind of, you know, I came out of it a lot more positive and, and I was already pretty positive first time around and I'm just kind of really happy with the movie and kind of excited to see the, the, the things, you know, the, 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 um, uh, the, the, the next movie that's coming out. How did you, how did you um, feel the about the thing, hospital death on rewatch? Well, well, 
I was th- uh, that was literally why I was starting to stumble because I don't know whether we ought to go into like a spoiler. No, we're on literally it about else, to end but... the show, so we can just throw up a quick spoiler warning if you want to talk about it. That's fine. That's literally going to be the yeah, last thing yeah. we mentioned. So yeah, fi- like this is it. This is the end of the show. But obviously, spoiler alert for this year's Scream if you haven't seen it already. So I am still salty about it, mm. but there was one bit of it that really hammed home the second time I watched it that I just didn't really appreciate the first time that it was Gail that phoned Dewey that, like, uh, put him off. And I'm wondering, like, was it them as Gail, or was it literally Gail phoning Dewey to see where he is that made him look at the phone to get distracted? Mm. Um, Just because that really hit with me that I was like, of course it would be Gail that, like, distracts him for a second. Like, he had it under control. He had Ghostface with the gun, like, pointed, and then... You know, his phone rings and he sees it's Gale and he gets distracted for a second because it's Gale. Like, I, I feel like that scene would have been stronger if Gale was just there. And like, you know, he he got, you know, he took it for Gale. But it was like, yeah, like I said, I it's still frustrating. I, I don't know if there's a satisfying way to kill off one of these characters. I kind of, that's, that's one of the feelings I got coming out of this. Mm, where I'm just like, I think there is, you know, I, think, I think you can um, do anything if it's done right, but I just don't think that was done right. You, at you all. possibly can, but yeah, it, 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 it's one of them where I guess it's like I said, I, I'm kind of apologizing for it a bit. I, I thought the, you know, the, that Gail thing, I was like, Oh shit, it was Gail, man. Like that actually called him that distracted him. But, but, and, and because I knew it was going to happen, it just didn't, it's one of them where I was scared that I was always just going to be really pissed off with it. And I'm like, I, I, I've gotten to acceptance in my seven stages of grief. Yeah, I haven't. For, for me, the, this movie is interesting because like, I love most of it, like probably 85% of it. The problem is that 85% is like the probably the least important parts of what makes a good screen movie. And I think the major three things that I don't like are actually all really important when you think about it, which is the reveal of the killers, which I don't like, mm-hmm. the death of one of the most iconic characters, which I don't like, and the use of Sidney Prescott, which which I don't like and so I think those mm. like those are free whereas everything else is like man Weird, all, the, all yeah. the characters that they add are fantastic all of the other death sequences the scene when obviously Dylan and his mom get killed like that's incredible I love the opening sequence this so, I love all the Billy Loomis flashbacks like there's so much good shit in this film that I absolutely love the, the Randy Cousins characters are both absolutely oh, the Randy Cousins are great so this movie like I say a vast majority of it perfect exactly what I'd want from a movie from a new screen movie this year but they just fumbled very key things. And it's the Sydney thing didn't bother me as much until the more I think about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's the fucking lead of Scream. And she's just there to make up the numbers. Like, that doesn't sit right with me. So It's weird, really, because I get I get you. It is strange because obviously, like, with the with the killers, um, you know, it, it did kind of seem to them that Sydney and Gail being there is like a bonus mm. to them. And I guess is that what irks you the most, or 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 like so, so, her so, 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 the movie? Yeah, is completely irrelevant because it's her standing because there I'm doing nothing. Like you know, she doesn't really stand there and do nothing. I'm thinking in my head is I'm thinking she, you know, she's absent in the movie until Dewey dies, which to me makes perfect sense. She gets the phone call. She's like, "Yeah, I'm Sydney. I've got a gun. Peace out, Dewey. You know, you be safe." And then the one thing to drag her back into Woodsboro is that, like then you know it is a case of well the killer isn't after her like you know and it, and it is weird that the killer's not after her but like she her and gail are doing her thing and they get into the finale it's just it is a bit strange that the killer's 
focus isn't on her, I guess. But it, but it was almost like they didn't expect her to be there, I guess. Like, it, I don't know. I, just, I found it weird. Like, I didn't find it frustrating, incredibly frustrating, but I get where you're coming from. Well, I almost feel like it's the, the finale is loosely written in a way that that exact same finale works, whether Gail or Sydney are there or yeah. not. And I think that's it's almost like it's almost messages. like they were scared of contract negotiations not working. So, like, we're going to do a script, but if she's not in it, we can we we can not have her in it. Exactly. Like that, that to me is a big deal because, yeah, that yeah. finale, whilst is a good finale, you take those two characters away. You could just swap them in for two extra teen characters mm. and literally nothing of the impact of those scenes changes whereas i know this is like a weird comparison but think about like force awakens if they go you know mm. we couldn't get harrison ford how the fuck do you yeah. make that movie then how do you tell that story of han solo and, and kind of kylo ren's turn to the dark side like that's literally impossible <laughs> so like you can't just go oh well we just invented another character do you know what i mean so it's like to me it was i was thinking, I was thinking though like basically we have sydney prescott and laurie strode as like these two like um uh you know protagonists in horror movies that have been in multiple movies at this point and keep living mm. you know and even laurie strode that's a question mark <laughs> and um you know it's like well it, it gets to a point that if sydney's the lead in this movie how much of Ghostface, like ghost you know how much of that doesn't have weight then because it's not going to be killed you know they're not going to you know the kill's not going to happen yeah, well, this is why i said i'd rather she just wasn't in it mm. and that's why yeah. in a weird way i am glad like you know we, we spoke mm. about news last week like it's unfortunate the way it happened but i think it's way better and i'd rather i'd rather you know uh, gail isn't in it either like i think we move on from that chapter dewey was kind of like the sacrifice of that trio but then the other two will hopefully just live away from woodsboro and especially taken mm. out of woodsboro as well like i know we're just kind of saying the same things now but it's like they're taken out of woodsboro yes that makes perfect sense do not have sydney in this movie like i'm really glad that like she's not in it it sucks the reason why yeah. and it is going to leave fans salty and i understand that but like especially once we get post a movie we have to remember to have a discussion once we've seen that movie being like right now let's think about yeah, how on how on earth would sydney have been in this film and would it have felt even shitter than how she was in this last film because i i have yeah. to imagine the answer would be yes um i can't imagine i'd be like oh yeah they've just added like do you remember when we watched it when we covered when we reviewed that tremors movie and <laughs> they didn't get um the guy yeah. the actor right who was, they didn't get randy yeah, they didn't get randy from scream <laughs> jamie yeah jamie kennedy who plays burt gummer's son they couldn't get him for the last film so they yeah. wrote in a new character who burt then sacrifices himself to save and the new character sucks he was just like a bro yeah he wasn't even like it wasn't even like trying to pretend no. that it was his son no, or something. His... Was just like, oh no you're just exactly and so and and jamie kennedy had been in the last two tremors movies so had he come back for that he'd have been in his own little trilogy of tremors movies that would have felt like a genuine emotional moment whereas yeah it, it, it was have been the concluding part of a trilogy it was awful because it was like oh my god this the most iconic character in tremors just killed himself saving someone that no one cares and so yeah it is like there are Nobody these dynamics yeah it's uh man do you know what it, it's funny how we've talked about scream yet again like you know if you had like a pie chart of like yeah. things we've talked about in 2022 like we, we did pg and scream this episode <laughs> so i hope no one's playing the super horror bros drinking game somehow, by the way terminate two. <laughs> i already mentioned that <laughs> oh yeah, I was gonna oh, say yeah. the other one would be this year would be stranger things and we already talked about that as well yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, we've we've covered it. We've covered it. I think have I think we, you've got your shot. Have we somehow become a nostalgia podcast? 
I know we try to be a weekly uh, horror podcast, but sometimes you know, I mean, at least it's like modern nostalgia. Yeah, kind of. But yeah, like, listen, we yeah, we're like, about, oh yeah, we did talk about. We're not going to talk about Halloween every week, but we will. We will cover Wes Craven from time to time and just talk about the same movies. We get nostalgic for last year. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, oh man, last night in the COVID. Yeah. <laughs> All the gifts it gave us, like Psycho Gore Man. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was the that was it. That was episode three hundred and one. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone.